Welcome to Brainstorm, Decoding Depression, where we will dig into discussions about mood disorders. We are here to change the way we think and talk about depression in an accessible, approachable way with a leading expert in the field. No topic is off limits. Coming to you from Dallas, Texas, this is Brainstorm. The opinions expressed are only our own and do not reflect those of UT Southwestern, the O'Donnell Brain Institute, the UT system, or the state. Hello, and welcome back to Brainstorm Decoding Depression. I'm Katherine Huff, and I'm really excited about today's episode, so let's just jump right in. We are joined today by Lisa Rigby, the Executive Director of Woven Health Clinic, to discuss the importance of integrated healthcare. Woven offers a comprehensive integrated healthcare approach for underserved communities in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. Woven partners with the CDRC's Mood Disorders Network to implement the Vital Sign 6 program, which is just one of the mental and behavioral health services it provides to its patients to improve outcomes across a variety of health domains. And Dr. Madhukar Trivedi is here as well. As the founding director of the CDRC, Dr. Trivedi developed the Vital Sign 6 program and initiated those partnerships with the community clinics like Woven, who have given back to our research while also giving back to the community. Lisa, we really appreciate you taking the time to speak with us today. Can you start by telling us about Woven Clinic? Where is it? How does it operate? And what is your role? Yes. Well, first of all, thank you for having me, Catherine. I'm excited to be here. Um, I've been the executive director of Woven Health Clinic since 2015. And Woven Health Clinic, we are a 501c3 nonprofit charity clinic, but we're not like any other clinic that I think is out there. So our model, we serve, first of all, we serve low-income uninsured people. The majority of our population uh, speak Spanish and without Woven, they wouldn't have any other place to get care. Our model of primary care is very comprehensive. It's high quality and it's very low cost. We have a sweet spot and it's really about disease prevention and integrated mental health care. Those are the two areas that we really excel. So I'm excited to be here and tell you more about it. Um, we get funded, so we are very different than most of your doctors and physicians and clinics. Those are people that have insurance. Because we don't have insurance, our funding is coming from foundations, from hospitals, from cities, from donors. And so our model, our staff, they're all salaried or hourly. And so we don't have any billing that goes on at our clinic. And that really frees us up to practice evidence-based comprehensive care that is focused on the patient. Such an impressive organization. And it's been around for decades. Can you tell us about the clinic's history and the path to where you are today? Yes, we were founded in 1992 by two Methodist churches. They looked around and they saw a need. They saw people who could not afford health care and desperately needed that care. So we originally started as an all-volunteer clinic. Um, the physicians, it was mainly nights and weekends. And then eventually we got space where, we're, where one of our main clinics is currently located now in Farmer's Branch that was donated. Back in 2011, the federal government and the state of Texas started a program which allowed us to hire paid staff. And so since 2011, we have had paid staff at our clinic. 
in 2015 was the next really big milestone. And that's when I heard Dr. Madhukar Trivedi talking about vital sign six at UT Southwestern. And I had been on my job for about three months. And at that point, I went back and I talked to my, to my physician and my medical director, and we made the decision to implement uh, depression screening and mental health care into our clinic. And by 2016, we actually had funding for our disease prevention program, which gave us resources like a full-time registered dietitian, as well as an on-site behavioral health counselor. And since then, we've actually uh, applied and received our NCQA, patient-centered medical home recognition. And so we literally are one of, it's like 7% of the clinics in the state of Texas that have achieved this level of recognition. So we're very excited that our patients get such high quality care. That's remarkable. And I can tell you in the community, your clinic is so highly regarded because of that comprehensive support that you provide. Woven Health Clinic has a tagline of integrated community healthcare, which is the basis of today's conversation. What is integrated healthcare? So that tagline has two keywords. There is integrated community and integrated care. And those two things are both important. So from the integrated care standpoint, what that means is that if you kind of think about it, we, we want to surround and treat the whole person. So we provide your primary care, which is what your diabetes, your high blood pressure, your obesity, your, your acute illness, your flu, strep, all of those type of things that you would expect. In addition to that, we have women's healthcare. Women's healthcare is very hard to get. Um, and so the cancer screenings, um, all of those type things we provide for our women. Then we have the disease prevention. That is, as I mentioned, one of our sweet spots. We have an on-site registered dietitian that works with our patients. The key there is we wanna stop disease before it becomes chronic. So when you're pre-diabetic, when you're pre-hypertension, we also want to, if you have a disease, we want to make sure you keep it under control. So if you're diagnosed with depression, we want to make sure that you can keep that depression controlled and treat it. And then finally, we have the integrated mental health care, which is the on-site behavioral health specialist. We've integrated the screening, diagnosis, and treatment for depression, anxiety, stress, um, all different types of mental health conditions that affect our patients, all in one place. Because we know that if you have to do a referral, our patients are 70 to 90% likely not to go for that referral. So by having all of these resources, by implementing team-based care, we're able to give integrated care. And by the way, the patient is an important person. They are one of the most important members of the care team. We can't do it without them. So we give them a care team and, and that is how we integrate. That's integrated care. Integrated community... That piece of it is that we are, we are more than just a, a fast healthcare clinic. You drive through and you get your meds and you're gone. We work with our cities. We work with the parks department. We work with the schools. We work to promote and educate people in our community. We work with other partners, uh, food banks, churches, other types of nonprofits. We work with the colleges, the community colleges, the universities. So we really are integrated into our community. We have student nurses that come through our clinic. We have volunteers. 
So we, we really work hard to partner with every aspect of our community. And so therefore you get the integrated community healthcare. It seems to me one of the things, Lisa, that as an ex depression expert, that this partnership has been fantastic for me and for us is because there are a lot of clinics in, in North Texas and around Texas that try to obviously help the under, underserved and low resource populations. It seems to me you what you were talking about with the sweet spot is even if I were an expert in hypertension or an expert in diabetes, what you are trying to do is make it person-centric rather than disease-centric so that there are some clinics that would give you dental care and they'll give you ENT and they'll give you OBGYN care. But in the process, they're not focusing on the entire person that allows you to do early detection, early prevention, disease management, and full patient care for that initial component. Obviously that doesn't serve everything for every patient. Some patients then have to go to a specialist or a hospital, but that early part, which is actually the key area for chronic medical diseases. This is what you need to do for diabetes. This is what you need to do for hypertension. This is what you need to do for uh, uh, obesity. And this is what you need to do for depression. So that is, I think the clear, clear benefit for somebody like me wanting to partner because there are clinics we partner, but they then end up doing so many different things that in that process, sometimes the patient gets a little less uh, comprehensive care. Yeah, you're exactly right. I think the key is we build a relationship with that patient and therefore it's very customized to what does that patient need? So every patient, the care is just a little bit different. But you're right, we focus very much on that. And something that really stands out about Woven Health, as you mentioned, is the focus on prevention and also on education. A lot of the work that we do at the CDRC with our Risk and Resilience Network focuses on that for depression. So we really appreciate the importance placed on that in healthcare. Why is that so especially critical in the communities that you serve? How did you come to understand that prevention and education was really uh, important and needed to be at the foundation of your work? And then how do you implement that in the clinic? So because of the patient population we serve, low income, in poverty, we know that chronic diseases are more prevalent for people that are low income. Diabetes is one of the fastest growing diseases. You know, depression is like one of the leading causes of disability. And obesity, all of these are very high with our patient population. Initially, when I started, we did, we were going through and we were actually doing measurements and research on our diabetes patients. And what we found is that they would come in and they'd be pre-diabetic. And within 18 to 24 months, they were on insulin. And so we start asking the question, okay, why aren't we identifying this population, working with them to educate them? Asking them, do you want to get diabetes? Do you want to be on insulin? I mean, diabetes is really, really affects their health in so many negative ways. So the idea, if you can, and we know how to do it, if you can delay it, delay the onset, then you're helping that patient have a much higher quality life, not to mention the fact that it's so expensive to have diabetes. You're lowering the cost of care. 
it's unfortunate our medical system is really focused on, you know, 95 cents of every dollar goes to after you're sick, right? After you get the disease. So we wanted to turn that around in our clinic. And we did over 35, almost 40% of our resources go to disease prevention. What we didn't know is, hey, if we give our patients this information, will they use it? Right. But, you know, to our surprise, not every patient, but to our surprise, a very large percent of patients do use that. Same thing on depression. So for our patients, mental health, like depression, anxiety, um, there's high stigma. So, I mean, by educating our patients on how to prevent chronic disease through lifestyle changes, because that's really what it is. You know, we offer cooking classes. How many clinics do you know that you can go to that have a full kitchen and offer cooking classes, both in English and Spanish? We, Very also, cool. we also prescribe exercise and we have exercise events. We partner with the parks to do a free walk. We found out with our walks, yes, it helps their physical health, but guess what? A lot of our patients were showing up for the walk for their mental health because they were isolated. And just the idea of being able to go with a group that's free, they can afford it and go for a walk. It, it Really, those simple type of things for disease prevention have a big impact. But I think this type of... This Patient-centered management is really what I would argue is actually badly needed, even in high-resource populations and in clinics that have full insurance. Because one of the major challenges for depression and and like you're identifying for hypertension and diabetes is that patients end up be doing more like episodes of care. They feel worse, they get care, then they drop off, they don't follow through. And most of it is because of lack of education about the illness, about the management of the condition. And if you provide that, then they will stay in treatment. And guess what? Depression gets better if you stay in treatment and it doesn't get better if you keep on going in and out of treatment. And that is what happens even in high resource populations. So I think in some ways for our measurement-based care approach that we've developed in Vital Science 6, it is essential that patients follow through. <clears throat> they get educated about it so that they will call you when there is a problem. And I think that is the part of what we have found very useful. I believe everyone needs this kind of care. So, you know, I, I agree with you hundred percent. And I would tell you that our patients are probably getting better healthcare than patients within, you know, in the regular part of the healthcare system, your higher middle to higher income, they all have the same problems. Chronic disease cuts across all income levels. Right. And so I, I think you're right on that. I do believe the more, it, you know, whether you're talking about educating a patient on why they need to take their meds, you know, even with high blood pressure, Diabetes, they take their meds, they feel better. And what do they do? They stop taking them. So by educating them, you have to stay in your treatment. You need to stay. If you stop taking those meds, you're going to regress. And I think by giving them that reinforcement, that knowledge, what we found is that most of our patients, they not all, but a large percent of our patients will learn from that. They will take that information, whether it's stay in their treatment for depression or anxiety, or keep taking their diabetes medication or their high blood pressure medication, we found that's very effective to do this patient-centered care and team-based care. So how does your partnership with Vital Science 6 help you or what, how, 
give us your sense of how does it help that we are kind of obviously we 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 value the partnership, but how does it not interfere but help you? Well, so first of all, without vital sign sex, our clinic would not be treating any mental health. We were not treating mental health before that, before we implemented it. So vital sign six, by just having it, uh, brought the whole topic of how should we, how do we care for our patients? Do we care for our patients with mental health? And part of that discussion obviously is, well, it takes time. We've got to learn how to use this tool. It's actually a great tool, by the way. It makes things so much easier um, by having it automated, uh, by being able to give it directly to the patient and have the patient answer the questions uh, by having it in both Spanish and English, by gathering the data that allows us to have measurement-based care. So when that patient comes back in, we can see where their scores have been. And so, yes, we ask the provider will say, well, how are you doing? How do you feel? But we also, by giving them the PHQ-9, we can now know, we can measure and see what's happened since their last visit. Um, By having the um, support systems built in for the advice for the physicians and the providers is extremely helpful. So I would just tell you, I think Vital Sign 6 really was the catalyst to getting it to where our patients would be screened, diagnosed, and treated. Without it, none of that would be happening. What I hear from CEOs often is that this is too much trouble, that this should be done by psychiatrists, and so or it'll have to require a lot of changes. How did that affect your clinic? Where was how? What would you advise if a CEO talks to you and says mental health is too much trouble? Well, I might ask them this: Do you treat diabetes? <laughs> the short and is. how much trouble is a new diabetic? Yep. But are you going to stop treating diabetes because it may take a little more time? The answer to that's always no. And and what I would tell them is. Initially, anything new uh, in healthcare takes time. Anything, it doesn't matter what it is, but what we know in healthcare is we're always improving, trying, striving to provide better quality of care. For us, I would also tell them that all my providers and all the data shows us that once you help a patient get their depression under control, then what happens is their diabetes, their high blood pressure, their other conditions become under control much better than before. So, you know, the other thing that I've heard from my providers is think about it. How often does a patient come in? They've got headaches. They're having stomach aches. They can't sleep. They're having breathing problems. All of these could be symptoms of a mental health condition or a physical health condition. Very hard to separate your physical and your mental health. So I would tell them that you will give better care and your providers will be really, it will actually help them. It will help them with the other diseases. And I think they'll be more fulfilled knowing that patient is is really going to have high quality healthcare overall by treating the depression, by treating some of the basic mental health conditions at a primary care clinic. I think we have strong evidence that if primary care actually delivers measurement-based care, your outcomes can be as good in primary care as you do see in psychiatry. We've shown that from STAR-D and other studies. 
So I don't doubt that outcomes get better. And in fact, as you know, uh, our, your clinic has actually the best outcome in our 40 clinic network that we've seen because you adding components that you mentioned about comprehensiveness and prevention. But talk a little more about the level of satisfaction or interference that creates for your staff. Does it help? Do, does it hurt? What does is, what is your staff tell you about the use of measurement-based care and vital signs? Well, I mean, okay, we've had it in since 2015. So we've had vital signs six implemented since 2015. Initially, the first six months, it was hard. They were learning something new. It was a new process. It was a new protocol. Since then, the last four and a half years, every year it's gotten better and better. Our patients are better and better. Their health is improving. I would tell you that my staff, when you talk to them, they couldn't imagine not having vital sign six. They couldn't imagine not treating patients, screening and diagnosing and providing the treatment for patients with depression. Uh, we have seen the tremendous impact that it has made on our patients' lives. They would not get any treatment for this anywhere else. And even people that have insurance struggle. I can tell you multiple personal situations where even if you have insurance, it is so hard to get basic mental health care, to get a basic accurate diagnosis for depression and good treatment. And so, you know, my staff, you know, they, uh, they actually feel very proud. I think they're very proud that we deliver that health care all the way from the front desk person that helps hand them the iPad uh, helps at, hand them the vital sign six questionnaire to the medical assistants, my nurse practitioners, you know, our registered dietitian works with them on healthy brain eating, having, uh, you know, an on-site behavioral health specialist is absolutely been uh, a tremendous resource that we're very fortunate to have. But my physicians, my medical director, I, I really believe that they would all tell you, do this. Do this for your patients first, but then do it for overall better quality healthcare at your clinic. I think the outcomes your clinic gets is something I use always in my tagline that talking about depression should not be depressing. All you need to do is use the knowledge we already have and the treatments we already have to deliver that care and the outcomes can be fantastic with depression. In fact, I would argue that depression outcomes for depression can be better than most other medical illnesses if you do the right thing in terms of measurements and drive the decision-making. And as you said, Lisa, your mission to integrate every aspect of health in one visit, it's so important. And once the staff and the patients see that, it's really hard to go back to imagining a way when it was not performed that way. So really, we want to shine a light on the importance of doing this at every patient care visit. And you've treated thousands of patients who otherwise wouldn't be able to afford care in a holistic way. For clinics who want to follow your lead and switch to an integrated care model, what challenges do they face and how might they overcome those? Well, I mean, I think one of the challenges is anything you implement into any kind of healthcare to a clinic protocol will take, you know, three to six months. So you have to be committed. You have to really be committed to the success and to why you want to do it. 
after that, I think the important thing is to make sure people are trained. Everyone in the clinic, from the front desk, the practice manager, every person in the clinic, because as Dr. Trevetti mentioned earlier, it is how you talk about it. We want, and I think clinics should talk about depression, anxiety, the same way they talk about other diseases like high blood pressure and diabetes, other types of things. So you want to be able to make sure everyone has the same level set, the same information. Um, I also think training of the physicians and providers is very important and support. So with Vital Sign 6, they do get uh, tremendous support in terms of technology, decision support. I think having those automated tools uh, make it much easier. So, you know, I think it can be done. I think it's just a matter of the commitment and having the right resources. And I think you, this process of doing this in a primary care setting actually is one very good for patients and for the community. Because imagine a world where everybody who has a headache went to a neurosurgeon. What would happen is you would be exposed to so many steps and so many tests before you get your Tylenol. And you want your person to go to your pediatrician or your primary care or your OBGYN to get that initial care. And only when it is needed where you go to a neurosurgeon because you have something else that needs surgery, you go to a neurosurgeon. That, that actually provides better care. For depression, what we have unfortunately done is really created this no-win situation where the primary care setting always tells you, go to a mental health specialist. The problem with that is, A, finding the right person immediately is very hard. Secondly, then you are then exposing yourself to all the next steps, including tests that you may not need. And by the time you get care, it is already wasted so much of your effort and time and gone through the suffering. So this actually provides a much better model. And remember, this is exactly what was happening with diabetes 30 years back. People were not getting their care for diabetes in primary care settings, and only when they got a gangrene of their toe, they went to an endocrinologist. Now we are doing that for depression where somebody becomes suicidal, loses a marriage or loses a job, and then they go to a psychiatrist. And in the process, you've wasted 10 to 12 years. And I think getting this kind of thing that you do in primary care allows for that 10 to 12 years to be shortened into a few weeks rather than 10 years. And I think that is the model moving, moving forward. We as a health system should be thinking about. Yeah, I completely agree. I think that every pediatrician, family practitioner, internal medicine doctor, OBGYN, they should all have it. They should all have integrated mental health care at their clinic. And, and you know, U.S. Preventive Task Force that recommends when women should get their mammograms, when men should get their prostate screening, when they should be should do colonoscopies. That same U.S. Preventive Task Force has recommended now for many years that depression should be screened for and start initiating treatment in primary care and pediatric practice should be the rule. So I think we are finally catching up with what everybody knows should be done. Absolutely. And as we know from our research of depression screening and treatment, it's just so important to take out that extra step from the equation of an external referral. Um, a lot of times there are barriers to care or especially with a, a chronic illness, 
like depression, it's hard for patients to follow up on that. So Woven has that next step of, yes, they're doing the screening, the identification, the early treatment and the follow-up and the prevention education all in one setting, which is really, really important. So I want to thank you, Lisa, for a wonderful uh, review of this. And hopefully your example will provide real encouragement to other primary care practices to really consider thinking about initiating screening and early measurements and, and comprehensive integrated care in their practices to improve outcomes and do it early so that people don't go through the 10 to 12 year of suffering. And I'd just like to thank, thank you, Dr. Toretti, because without your groundbreaking research in mental health and vital signs six, you know, our patients would not be getting the care they're getting today for their mental health. And so between you, UT Southwestern, it has really transformed care in our clinic. So thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you both so much for this conversation. Lisa, Woven Health Clinic has devoted so much to supporting the community. How can the community give back to support Woven? Well, we are a nonprofit clinic. And so if you would like to help us take this kind of care, um, to continue the care with our patients and to take it to more patients, we'd love to have uh, woven health clinics all across the United States delivering this kind of care. I believe everyone deserves this kind of care. And if you'd like to help us, you can go to our website. It's at uh, www.wovenhealth.org, W-O-B-E-N-H-E-A-L-T-H.org. And uh, you can either volunteer to help or make a donation or uh, if you have suggestions or you want to become a supporter, please join us. Fantastic. That's it for this episode of Brainstorm Decoding Depression with your hosts from the Center for Depression Research and Clinical Care. Be sure to follow us on social media at UTSW underscore CDRC so you don't miss our episode announcements. If you have suggestions for topics or questions you'd like answered, we have a new email address decoding depression podcast at utsouthwestern.edu. Thanks so much for listening and we'll see you next time. <laughs>